1: All right, before we get to our next guest, Megan Youngman, I want to give another shout-out to our new sponsors over at the McLemore. The McLemore Top community rests atop the highlands of Lookout Mountain, Georgia, overlooking historic McLemore Cove and Pigeon Mountain. Surrounded on all sides by state and national parks, historic land districts, and private land trusts, the resort features an 18-hole Reese Jones and Bill Bergen championship course, a gated residential community, and a planned clubhouse opening in the fall of 2020 McLemore is located a short driving distance from Atlanta, Nashville, Knoxville, Birmingham, and Huntsville, and just 35 minutes from downtown Chattanooga, voted number one best town in America two years in a row by Outside Magazine. While a private course, McLemore offers stay-and-play packages for guests in club-managed properties, as well as a number of membership opportunities, including social memberships, non-resident memberships, and corporate memberships as well. For more information, please visit McLemore online at themaclemore.com or give them a call at 800 329 8154. All right, now joining us here on Next on the Tee is LPGA Class A teaching professional Megan Youngman. Let me give you a little background on Megan. She captained her high school team to back to back state championships. She played her college golf at Ohio State and the University of Toledo, where she lettered in 1996. She became an LPGA Class A teaching professional back in 2001. In September of 2011, Megan was appointed the head coach for the state of Florida in the PGA Junior League Golf World Series, held here in Atlanta, just uh, down the street at TPC Sugarloaf in Duluth. She is recognized as a U.S. Kids Top 50 instructor. She spent nine years at River Hills Country Club just outside of Tampa, Florida as a director of instruction there moved over to Temple Terrace Golf and Country Club as their director of instruction for eight-plus years. She is now the director of instruction at the Golf Channel Academy, led by Kelly Brooke at Bethpage State Park in New York. And we're very honored to have her with us tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Megan, thanks for coming on the show.
0: Hi, Megan.
2: Hey, guys. So great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Gosh, you read all that, I'm like, who are you talking about? (laughs) Time has (laughs) flown.
1: And I'll tell you, Megan, one of the myriad of impressive things about you as I was doing the research on you, I learned that you started playing the game at age 14, and like I mentioned in your intro, you captained your high school team to -to back-to-back state championships. So you go from picking up a club at 14 to, what, 16, 17, leading your team to -to back-to-back state championships. I mean, for most of us, it takes us 10 years to go from lousy to bad at the game. How were you able to pick it up and be so good so quickly?
2: Well, I I really thank all my previous sport history at the time to teach me how to hustle because that's exactly what I had to do once I found golf. I got to tell you, you're right about the 10 years. If I would have had that prior, like the kids do now, I I definitely, I don't know where I would be, you know, at that time and place playing and, and, you know, for college golf and, and having a great junior career. but. Hustling was the key. I was a previous athlete, you know, coming coming into 14 years old. I was actually my entire life with softball. We We did travel ball since I was about six or seven years old. And so by the time I was a freshman in high school, I knew what work ethic was and so forth. But then I was introduced to golf my sophomore year of high school and it was extremely difficult I guess we can all we can all think about that as a new golfer right (laughs) yeah so you know when I when I think back in it and I look at that journey it was definitely a journey I mean I was being scouted already as a freshman in high school catching for varsity pitchers and and I was I was quite an athlete you know with softball and and ready to go, you know, and thinking about my entire future with softball. But then then my father introduced me to golf. I fin- Let's just say I finally said, yes, I'll go with you. And um, I went with him on vacation, and I couldn't hit the ball. And I had been hitting balls, you know, softballs, but I've been doing this since I was a child. And it never frustrated me. It just made me extremely curious you know and i think even at that age you you can have a curiosity and a self awareness that that uh, for some athletes it becomes an addiction then to get better and to be able to do it so surprisingly i ended up joining the golf team that that year in high school and i'm going to i'm going to put all my cards out on the table my scoring average my sophomore year of high school was a 97 for 9 holes I mean, I made the, you know, we they list you all in the paper, right? So they're listing me in the paper that, you know, at least my name is in there under my high school team. And I'm the worst one on the team. And I remember after the season, my father asked me at the dinner table, that's back when everybody had dinner every night together. And he asked me at the dinner table, you know, what would you think of your season? You know, I, I thought it was great. I was having fun. Um, and he says, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to play again? And I said, well, yeah, yeah. Well, what do you want to do with this? And, you know, as thinking about my future, I always knew it would be in sports. But this intrigued me enough that I, you know, this astonishes me to this day that I told him right then and there, I said, well, I want to do it the rest of my life. <laughs> and, wow. you know, he, yeah, he knew what I was shooting. You know, he, he was never a, a great golfer himself, but we belong to a country club, thankfully. Uh, but I said that to him and I'll never forget it because I didn't even know what that meant. But, you know, he's, he's sitting there. He says, well, okay. He's very supportive. He says, well, do you know what those girls do? And I said, what girls? He says, the girls on TV. And I said, well, no. And he said, well, they, they hit 500 balls a day. I'm sure. And I said, well, okay. You know, I'm not scared of work ethic, right? I've been doing work. I've had work ethic my entire career thus far. And he said, well, we're going to have to, get you a pro and I said what's that and he said well it's a a teacher you got to have you got to have help and I said okay he said it's like a coach and okay and he says and and you're gonna have to go to the gym before school and after school every day you know in my father's mind I'm sure a little bit of him was thinking you've worked your entire group for the softball and it's pretty much a bag you're gonna go on a scholarship and now I changed my mind so it's not uh very advantageous to hear that from your 14 year old That you know, that doesn't play a sport very well, that they want to play it, you know, and do it for the rest of their life. So inevitably, uh, we I just went with it. And I i remember walking into my coach's offices for both basketball and softball and telling them that I was quitting for golf. <laughs> Mind you, they've seen my scores in the paper. They tried to talk <laughs> me out of it. I, couldn't, I I couldn't have been moved. So... I just, I wasn't scared of hard work. I practiced every day and we found a lighted driving range. I just, you know, I was fine being alone practicing. My friends always knew the athlete in me. So I still kept my social, you know, relationships a little bit. And I just had the drive. I just wanted to go to college and play golf and then do it after that in whatever capacity that was going to be. So, the, you know, junior year, I'm scoring 45 stroke average, but that's down from 97. And then uh, senior year, I'm down to scratch play. I mean, I was breaking the wow. car on most rounds. Ohio State was looking at me and uh, last minute, of course. So, obviously, um, you know, that, that was all last minute for, for a big university like that. But we decided that that was the best choice. And so I ended up playing there. So really, it was a lot of hustle, a lot of hard work. But it just shows that you know, if if you got your mind on something, you can do it. So that's, but, but that's to a,
1: that end, you know, Megan. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm fascinated by that. In that, I, I imagine you know, as a a young lady who did travel softball since the age of six, you were pretty darn good. As an athlete, I imagine you on the basketball court, you were pretty darn good. 97 would seem like a score for nine holes that would frustrate a great athlete. And then that great athlete decides, I'm going to walk away from these other two sports that I'm way better at to do this one. Why?
2: You know, there was an elation when I hit the ball the way it felt good. And then there was horrible emotional torment as an athlete when I didn't hit it very well. But I felt all those emotions alone, and I owned both of them. And that was something in team sports. You know, you had a team. You had other people around all the time. And I I value those experiences. I think all kids should play team sports as well. But when I was introduced to this game, and I was doing a sport for the first time in my life that was a single person sport, you know, kind of like tennis is and so forth. I had never felt what I felt before, and it was exhilarating. And when I did well, it was exhilarating, and that brought me back. And you know, they 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 all say, you know, I've been a teacher now for for no oh, ever for twenty some years, but you know, I can share that elation with my students when they hit it. I can feel it for them, with them, you know. Um, that feeling of owning it and doing well and progress, you know, progressing because they're, they're practicing and things like that. So I, that it was invaluable. So that that was an easy decision for me. I honestly, I think I was on an autopilot. It must've been some kind of me as some, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm big on concrete and tangible things, but that was a very important and pivotal part of, of, what was to shape uh the future of my career and being a teacher. You know, I think that all of that was um was was predominantly uh definitely seeing into the future. So
1: Megan, um being uh, in the Toledo area and playing at the University of Toledo, um I know now that uh that Inverness is the home course for the for the men's and, and women's golf teams there at the University of Toledo. Was not necessarily back when you played, but I was curious if you ever got an opportunity to go out and play Inverness, which is one of the most historic places in the country.
2: Isn't it really? You know, it's quite funny back then when, you know, per this conversation we just had about playing in high school play, my head coach for my girls golf team was a two handicap uh, female champion at at Inverness. So we got out on her course all the time, <laughs> and my wow, my good home for you. course for my yeah we played better courses in high school than I ever played, uh, not ever played in college, but that I was exposed to for our college practice courses. We didn't have Inverness when I was the rocket, but uh, yeah, we we were very thankful to be playing that. And then also the the marathon classic that is now was the Jamie Farr Classic at Highland Meadows for the LPGA. And that was my home course. So when that we belong to Highland Meadows. So when the LPGA came through, and I saw those girls, you know, those ladies play, it was like a no. That's all I wanted to do. So yeah, Inverness is just fantastic. I mean, you know, the Solheim Cup's coming up there next year. Right. Or, I mean ecstatic about it. They've played the PGA championship there as well. It's such a historical facility. You know, Toledo is, surprisingly, has amazing
0: courses with a lot of national exposure.
1: Five questions for Megan?
0: Yeah, Megan, it's a pleasure to speak with you and back to your teaching uh, for a minute. I mean, I I read yes. on your website that you've given over 28,000 lessons. Now, I can't even fathom <laughs> reading that many pages of books in my life and uh, that, I just was wondering, when did you think you can teach golf? When did you develop an obvious appreciation and liking of teaching the sport?
2: Yeah, I think that was a pivotal moment as well. Um, in a nutshell, I was like every teenager. I was practicing all the time. I was in school. I still had to have a job, and I worked at a at a local driving range um, that had teaching professionals there. and. I was working behind the counter, picking balls. You know, and it's it's fascinating that now that was the start of my career because I think I've held every job in the industry all the way up through a general manager, head golf professional to this date. But um, when I was there working as a as a girl, um, somebody didn't show up at uh, one of the teachers. So the other teacher said, "We're going to need help with this clinic and this class. Can you just come out and and?" Um, Kind of watch the group for safety, you know. And but I don't want you to teach. You're not allowed to talk to them. Just just make sure that they're safe. While I'm at the end of the driving range, you stay here. And when I move to your side, you go to the other end of the range to make sure that everybody's safe. It was a newer golfer class. Well, anyway, long story short, I was down at my end making sure everybody was safe. And of course, the the, the new golfer in front of me turns to me and said, "Why isn't it going up in the air?" Oh boy. Now, I didn't know how to teach, (laughs) and I surely didn't know how to fix it. But I looked over to the instructor, and they were extremely distracted. (laughs) I jumped in. I ran, you know, ran up to the students, and I fixed their hands on the club. And I came back, and I said, go ahead and hit it. (laughs) And they hit it, and they hit it up in the air. I mean, that was my moment. They hit it in the air, and I I remember they looked back at me, and they just had this, ventilation, right, that we talked about before, and I felt it too, and I felt it like back when I was training, and I knew that those those feelings were the same, and I thought, my gosh, because I was really in a pivotal place. I didn't know whether to tour, you know, whether I was going to teach for a living. I had no idea what I was going to do. All I knew is, all I know is about golf, <laughs> and I love it, so I didn't know where my career was going at the time, but that that moment, that was the key moment. So that 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 made all my decisions to start in the teaching um, and cl- well club professional program with the LPGA.
0: And hey, Megan, you've been the director of golf at your Florida Golf School, and of course instructing and, and doing other things. Is it is it incredibly tough balancing both the business end and the instructional part of the job, giving them both the attention they deserve?
2: You know, that's a really good question. I have always been more business minded person. Um, Even when I didn't know what to do, I always found a solution, did a lot of research on my own. Um, You know, in school, I was in business school. It was always I was always surrounded by business. I was engaged, always um, talking to my parents about, you know, what they were doing in my dad's career. He'd always come home from work late and then he'd sit and I'd listen to him. I was always that kid and I was always that young adult who I had a goal of having a one golf school by the time I was 35 and I had seven by the time I was 28 years old. It was um, now that all fell into place, of course. And, it all happened very fast, but when you're afforded an opportunity, whether you're ready or not, sometimes you just well, you never say no, right? <laughs> if it's part of your goals. So that all happened really fast and I was able to put a a really nice program together. So it, it really showed me that, you know, I was I was doing some of the right things. And of course, nobody does anything alone. I mean, I've I've really had some great people around me and I've always surrounded myself with, with staff. Um you know and and friends and colleagues everybody who's who who supports you know not only the mission but is also knowledgeable in their own right uh that I've learned so much from, so it's always been a team thing for me uh which goes into you know running a golf school with other teachers and and running golf programs I take that same that same um philosophy into every single thing that I do it's um yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely painted a picture. So.
1: Megan, now you're at another one of the historic golf sites in the country at Bethpage and, um, you know, your school's there, director of instruction there and you get to go to work every day at Bethpage. What's that like?
2: (laughs) One world, Disney world. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, Every season, you know, I I do go up uh, or down now. I go down to Florida for a couple months every winter, um, and then I come back. And, you know, it's just like this year. Each year when I come back and I'm walking on the historic brick just up to the clubhouse for the first time, I always take this huge, big, deep breath. And, honestly, it's such a happy place. Everyone's happy around there. Everybody loves golf. They love um, the staff is amazing. Uh, there, you know, it's very much of a family atmosphere there within the within the staff and the leaders of of the facility. Um, the not only with the golfers being happy, but they're they're uber to you know, or excuse me, eager to learn. Uh, it's very very busy and full of energy every day. Um, so not not many days do I come home and and I'm able to say today was a great day. I mean is. It's so fun to talk about Best Page. I mean doesn't even think <laughs> it, I bet it gets you guys excited just to think about it. You know, Best Page is uh it it's it's definitely got a fire uh within it and um yeah, it's a it's a great place to be every single day. You know, its history is huge as well.
1: That's right. And not that long ago PGA championship was there. Um curious, what was it like for you during a major championship to be a part of that?
2: You know, I think I, I, I kind of got a different perspective of it, um, obviously, from everything we see on television and being part of a couple big events to come through some of my venues that I've been a part of in the past. Um, there's there's nothing quite like that, though. <laughs> uh, I actually I didn't come back from my, from my winter uh, in Florida until uh, June 1st of that year. And uh, so I really can still see stage that was set at that stage. I mean, the PGA Tour, just just a... A phenomenal job that they do, but they can transform a property. I mean, we have five golf courses, and they even took a couple fairways and asphalted them. Wow. So it was completely concreted all the way down uh, the fairway, uh, and then all the merchandise tents where they were, because everything was still up when I got back. It was just, you know, very short time after. Um, so being able to see the stage being taken down was a whole different perspective on a tournament. Um, the PGA Tour just does a phenomenal job. You know, they were there on property uh, the whole last year or so before um, before the big event. So they just do a phenomenal job. It's the energy is uh, was it was incredible, especially obviously golfers are coming that and and getting a chance to play and play black and. And be able to walk the same grounds that the, that their idols and and everybody uh, you know the, the best of the best is played. So they like to go hit balls and think you know that they were hitting and practicing, you know where the players were, and they just it's the excitement was uncanny.
1: And and speaking of the black horse, and 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 I I always uh, sort of think to myself, and I and you know the the sign that's outside of it. He, you know, it's famous now. The Black Horse is extremely <laughs> difficult course, which we recommend only for the highly skilled golfers, right? And and I just and I sort of picture, you know, sort of weekend hackers like me thinking, you know, ah, I can go play that course, no problem. And then you know, sort of <laughs> coming off the 18th, coming off the 18th green, having gotten beaten to a pulp by the course, you know, with our scorecard filled with sevens, eights, tens, X's. You know, sort of walking off. I just shot 150 on this golf course. What, <laughs> what, what are some of the stories that you've heard about players going out there and then sort of walking off the green? I got to imagine there are a bunch of dejected guys that are half elated for having been able to do it, but then sort of beaten to death by the course.
2: You know, it's funny you say that because the biggest, the biggest common uh, response to the golf course is the fatigue level, because you got to walk it as well, you know, and it's undulating and it's it's tough because you've taken so many swings and probably swings you didn't know you had, swings you didn't know you had to make, uh, decisions, you know, your mental game is really has to be, uh, you know, you have to be super focused out there. Uh, some players have had, never had a caddy before, and now they have one. Some chose to walk, you know, we don't allow carts on black, so... Some players uh, will just, you know, say, no, I'll walk it. You know, by by 14, they're just, you know, once your body goes downhill, your mental game is shot. <laughs> but really the, you know, the toughest part of um, black, there's two components that, you know, I can reference. And uh, one of them, of course, is the rough, right? The rough, the only way to get out of that is to club up and punch it. And just get yourself back in the short graph. There's there's no other way to play it. Um, And the second is that it's a shot-making course. So a lot of players, I would say anyone, like you had mentioned, you're, what, around a 12 handicapper? If you are 12 on up, you know, you're 15 handicapper. So, you know, you're pretty happy. If you're, like, around 82, 85, that's still, you know, you're still all right. But you you could have a tendency to, you know, shoot an 89 once in a while. Those players are generally most um, hesitant or or just really haven't really uh, dug into the fact of of learning a lot about course management on a course like that, you know. So that kind of course is a shot-making course. I mean, you you have to pre-plan your shots and place them. And not only is that tough to do anyway, but um, a lot of players will just hit it and go, and you can't do that there. You have to be calculated. You know, your range finders on overdrive. Um, <laughs> so that that those are kind of the two things that that really create a lot of exhaustion. Um, so that's why we like to take pictures of players next to the sign before their round. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no so they're still happy and all excited, and they don't, you know, look like drowned rats and, and ready for the 19th hole. <laughs> so,
1: so what's your favorite story? What's this, what's the, whether whether it's something you heard about a, a legendary you know player or tournament that was played out there, or you know one of the, one of the average guys like me or gals that, that came out there and played it and and you know barely survived to tell the tale. What's what's one of your favorite stories?
2: Well, actually, I'm going to, a colleague of mine told me a story, you know, I hear a lot of stories from out there and unfortunately we had like a dehydration case, which can happen out on a course like that. I mean, any walking course, much less going out on black. So there was a a golfer that was coming up uh, 18 and, and unfortunately had a dehydration issue. And so we had to get medics to come and the state has a whole, has a whole system for that uh, as the state runs the Bethpage state park. So we've got the medic out there and, and everything else out there. And um, I think we got video of a player that was playing behind this guy, (laughs) walking through, he just pushing his cart. He's just playing the hole right by him. He just keeps playing through. Wow. <laughs> so that's, uh, I, I don't know. That's part a terrible story and part funny because, um, you yeah. know, players sometimes are, are so serious, you know, but this, this guy is just, just walking with his push cart, just playing right through this whole ordeal, you know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> who
2: knows? I, you know, what I, my response is, the guy was probably having the round of his life and nothing was going to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> that's right.
1: That's right. Your health right. issues are the good lord's not going to ruin my round.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um Exactly. <laughs> Megan, so we we always hear a lot about, you know, about, about the black course. We we don't often hear a whole lot about red, blue, green, and yellow. Talk about those those right. uh, layouts.
2: Well, you know, green course just to give everybody kind of a little uh, this in a nutshell of how it is or how, how it all came about, but the green course was always was the first course and was the only course for some amount of time. And as the state park grew, and um, the park system grew. They they started to build the other courses. So in order, they're all they're all by color, um, so they're easy to find. They're eye catching. You know, all the starter shacks uh, have the have a little uh, a little marker on top of each one of them that that have the the color on it. Uh, if you're playing red, all the flags are red out on the greens. Uh, ball washers are red, so forth. If you're playing yellow, the same. Everything's yellow. So it's really easy to navigate out there, which I think they did a fantastic job visually of that for players uh, because we have a lot of -of out-of-staters, you know, and people that come to to play the course. So, you know, in order, I would say that the yellow is the most player-friendly course. um, Well, I would say newer golfer. A lot of seniors like that course. Um, A lot of newer uh, golfers love that course. It's pretty flat. Um, Then we go to the green. Uh, the blue, the blue's tough, and I'll get back to that, but then we go to the red. Uh, the red is probably, it's, it's second to the black, um, you know, in, in difficulty, but it's probably the most fun course for a player. You'd love the red. And then the, the blue course, you know, honestly, it's got the toughest front nine, probably of the whole facility because it got the first six holes. Once you get past those, you're okay. But if we're going to have any trouble with pace of play, it's it's on blue because the first six holes are that tough. So players are getting in a lot of trouble with that. Um, but the you know the layouts are are just fantastic. The blue and the red are well, the red's a little bit flatter than the blue, um, but the blue course is definitely the most undulating course that we have out there. So you're gonna you know if you're walking that course, you're gonna be you're gonna be a little bit tired as well. It's beautiful.
1: Bob, one more for Megan,
0: sure, uh Megan. I just wanted to get your um opinion of women's professional golf right now megan is uh everything's kind of taken a back seat in the headlines and sports pages, obviously, but uh maybe you have some insight is is it you think it's at the height of its popularity? Was it stronger in the past? Where do you see it going in the near future?
2: You know, when I think about women's golf, my my head always goes back to the LPGA tournaments that I was, you know, involved in or, or the mm-hmm. the playing tournaments that that, you know, I was able to to witness and be a part of. The um now it's women's golf in general is so global. I mean, the the you know, expanding into Asia and so forth has been huge. Um you know, our right. commissioner Mike Wan has done things for the organization that has never been done before. Uh, we're growing as a teaching organization with more of our hands on the, you know, on the public and, and building girls' golf in general. I went from 50,000 girls to 150,000 girls for the LPGA USGA Girls Golf Program uh, under Mike Wan. He is uh, great at empowering us. I, I also, thankfully, I can speak of this because I sit on the executive education board for the LPGA. There's about nine of us uh, that that sit there on that board, and and we're we're in direct contact with headquarters, and we basically do you know put together the education program for the LPGA teaching and club professionals coming in, you know, to get your class B, class A, and so forth. So when i When I look at what the commissioner has done, not only on the teaching aspect but but with the sponsorships, I think our sponsorships are ever growing there we are We are sponsored the most than we've ever been um, and he thinks outside the box, you know he's not just seeking out um, uh, national sponsors and seeking international sponsors and international players and expanding. so I think we're in some of the best shape we've ever been.
1: Megan, before we let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing and follow you, whether it's on your website or it's on social media?
2: Absolutely. Well, the first place you can go is bestpagegolfcourse.com. You can find us also on Facebook, uh, Megan Youngsman LPGA. Uh, We have Golf Channel Academy, kellybrook.com, which highlights our teaching and instructional program there at Best Page. Uh, We also can be found at Best Page, Golf Channel Academy, uh, Kelly Brooke and myself can be found on Instagram and Facebook. We'd love to interact, ask a question, uh let us know that you heard this and um and we'd love to get back to you.
1: Well Megan so, we can Chris, thank you enough know no for taking take a
2: lesson, you taking take a a lesson from coming out to best. Come on out to Best oh. <laughs> Page.
1: I tell tell me you don't have to ask me twice, Megan. Yeah the opportunity to come out there and play and play uh you know, a, a few of those golf courses, I promise you, is high on my bucket list, and 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 we I'm dumb enough to want to go trail. play the black course. <laughs> What's please, that?
2: Please, please, we should we should uh, yeah. create the best page trail where you play a different color every day.
1: Absolutely, I'm all about it, I, and like I said, you know, I'm I'm dumb enough to want to go play the black course. I'm sure I'll shoot 150, but I'll, I'll at least <laughs> lo- love the experience.
2: Absolutely. So.
1: Well love to have you guys out. Thank you, Megan. Take care. All the best to you and your family. Stay safe. Look forward. I hope you'll come back and join us again sometime.
2: Thanks for Absolutely. coming. Absolutely. Thanks guys for having me on.
1: See you, Megan. That's Megan Youngman. And uh she's got a wonderful website and uh you know, very active on Instagram and, and social media. Bob, um, you know, when I when I think about uh some of the some of the great courses, like I just say, you know, is an opportunity to, to go play or a bucket list. Uh, those are certainly on them. And, uh, you know, as she says, you know, come take a lesson. I'd love to get on the lesson tee with Megan. And uh, and I'm sure she could deconstruct my swing and get me to where I need to get. Cause you know, I'm that guy that shoots between 80 and 85. And I can't, I just can't break that. I can't break that barrier, Bob. I can't break 80. Mm -hmm. You know, I've done it a couple of times in my life, but I can't get there consistently. and, And I probably need someone like Megan to get me over the hump and then, uh, the opportunity obviously to be at Beth page. Those are two things that, uh, you know, how do you, how do you turn down that?
0: Yeah. And, and make sure you talk to Megan before you step onto Beth page, Chris. I mean, maybe she can at least get you down a few strokes because that might, uh, that might, uh, (laughs) kill your mentality for the short, this for the short period of time. But, uh, yeah, what a great teacher and uh, so involved in so many aspects of the game, but uh, really fascinating. Again, yeah, you're right, Uh Nice stories, and it gives you all about private instruction and all that uh, that she's involved with, and, and it does mention Beth Page on there. So uh, really fascinating lady, and again, like I said, smart lady. She uh, gets out of here in the Northeast when the weather's bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right, and I tell you. The opportunity, like you know, that she's had that going from Inverness to Beth Page. I mean, <laughs> you know, Inverness is a heck of a golf course, Bob. You know, I mean, you know, when I was sort of looking back at all of the majors that have been played at Inverness and, and the, the people that won there, I mean, you know, Ted Ray winning the U.S. Open there in 1920. And here's the thing for you, Bob when I was looking at, at down the list, Billy Burke won the 1931 U.S. Open, and Billy Burke is in the household name, he had a had a good career, you know, in the 20s and and early 30s. But get this, when he won the 31 U.S. Open at Inverness, it came in a playoff. They did a 36-hole playoff, and they were still tied. And then they had to do another 36-hole playoff, and he won by a stroke on the last hole. Think think about that. He he played the 72 holes, and then they had to play another 72 holes before they Mm -hmm. could decide a winner of that U.S. Open. You want to talk about taking a beating. Oh my goodness. Wow. I I can only imagine.
0: Fascinating story and uh my goodness uh but it's just it's great that you know it's one of those few places in the world, you know, you say Augusta and you say Bethpage, Black. nothing needs else to be said. People know where it is and uh, the story That's behind right. them and great stuff. Yeah, it was.
1: Hi, right, my friend. It is uh, time for us to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tee. We want to send out our sincere thanks to Dr. Bob Jones IV, Nathan, Nathan Groob, and Megan Youngman uh, for joining us. And, Bob, my sincere thanks to you, my friend. It's always uh, a thrill to get you, to get to have you here on the golf side. So I, I can't thank you enough for bringing Nathan along and, uh, and for you being here tonight. Always great having you as part of the show.
0: Yeah, whenever we get a chance to work together in the summer, so it's not summer yet, but we're getting there, Chris. But it's always uh, a pleasure and just keeps us sharp. And uh, it's just we had some three terrific guests, and uh, my goodness, it's it's great to uh, talk to people with such uh, integrity. And uh, again, thanks for having me here, and I know we'll do it again.
1: Yeah, we will, and we'll look forward to uh, getting together on Thursday night tailgate in September as we kick off our ninth season. And, and Bob, uh, take a look uh, here soon on our, on our webpage because, uh, I had an opportunity to, uh, to interact with Jerry Remy and Jerry Remy is, uh, you put together a nice video as a congratulations for our, uh, our ninth year. So I'll be, uh, I'll cool. be uploading that video as well as our good friend Don Beebe sending out yeah. uh, a nice video wish as well. So, uh, I'll be I, I'll be uploading those soon, so uh, I'll be interested to get your reaction once you see them.
0: Terrific! We have some great friends uh, on that show, as you know, and we interact with them daily, so uh, it's it's quite right. uh, quite the history too.
1: Yep, indeed. All right, folks. Again, thank you for uh, for listening tonight. Please check out our website, nextontheT.net, to keep up to date with what our guest schedule looks like. You can stream us on a number, number of great podcasting sites like our friends over on podcast.co. They've been huge, huge for us. I can't thank them enough. We're also on pod, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, audioboomplayer.fm. You can find this show all over the net. As always, folks, thank you for choosing to keep us a part of your golfing content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.
2: minimum balance required. Support for Extra 1063 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position.
0: I don't understand.